Hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of What's New in Cloud FinOps with myself, Stephen Old. And Franck Contrepoir. There we go. We are also able today to celebrate, as of yesterday, Frank's birthday. So happy birthday, Frank. Thank you very much. No problem. We let him not have to record a podcast on his actual birthday. Um, so we're a little bit later this month than usual. I'm going to get his kicking uh, straight away by handing over to you, actually, Frank, for the, uh, for the first of our announcements. Yes. So the first announcement is uh, about Amazon FSx for last. So last is it is a high performance computing cluster file system. So it's quite specific, but the idea is it's now it supports data compression and based on the announcement, it doesn't slow down things, which is hugely important when you do high performance computing. Yeah, a little bit surprising. The first thing we thought is when you start doing compression, it's going to impact your performance, right? But uh, it states very clearly yes. <laughs> in the announcement. <laughs> it's not the case. Yes, the data compression feature is designed to deliver a high level of compression without adversely impacting file system performance. So we'll trust them on that one. But yeah, very interesting stuff. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so then moving on to an Azure announcement, which is um, Azure database for MySQL. Um, the Flexible Server has a free offer coming soon. So there's a bunch of Azure free offer stuff. You can basically run a load of different things. So if you're doing a small development project, you can get a load of compute hours on a load of different services and amount of storage and things like that for free. And they're adding a MySQL database. It is free for the first 12 months. It gives you um, a B1MS. I find the Azure um, names harder to remember but a b1ms and it's 32 gig of storage so if you're just doing a small project you're trying something out new you know it's a lovely way of being able to build something out without having to pay anything for the first year uh, and what i was quite impressed about is that they have many of these little offering <clears throat> so i've not checked completely but it seemed that you can do really a, quite a complicated stack of systems for free and really test um real workloads there yeah, well, when we when we went and had a look at that, I think it made us think that you know maybe next month we'll do one on what you could do for free in each class. Yes, I think as that a topic, would be cool. Um, which I think would be quite interesting. It was great this month for a change, wasn't it, because there were so many things out there. Yes. We actually thought, I don't know if we have time for a main topic because some of the things are big enough that we could talk about on their own. Um, so we've got loads of news, some bits we're just going to give very short pieces on, and then we're going to talk about one of the pieces of news as a main topic this month, which is a bit different for us. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, Azure Database for MySQL is going to have a free offering launched in June. So they announced it in May, and so we're expecting the actual free offer to be available anytime now. Cool. So next one, Amazon again, is uh, about Amazon VPCs and the, the change pricing. Cha I like the pricing change for VPC peering. The reality is that if you have two VPCs in the same availability zone and you're using peering, which is a way to connect VPC together for when you have a small amount of VPCs, it's now free. So it's not a, a change really, it is a zeroing of the price, which is always positive. Uh, so if you're using peering or if you have small instance, a small number of VPC that you want to use, five, max 10, you can probably try to use a VPC peering and it's free in the same availability zone. Fantastic. Um, moving back to Azure, we have general availability as of the 1st of May, so it's been out just over a month now, for lower pricing 
for the provision throughput part of the charge on Azure Ultra Discs. Uh, Ultra Discs are what you imagine to be. They offer really high throughput, high IOPS, and consistently low latency for disk storage for VMs. They are the the price uh, reduction is about sixty five percent. And it is across all regions where the ultra disks are available. So they're not everywhere, but they're in quite a few regions. And where they're available, you can now get 65% off that part of the charge. So it's a significant discount off what is quite a significant part of the charge anyway. Um, and it's a bit like other services where you you pay for, for multiple parts. And one of them is actually getting guaranteed provisioned throughput to the disk for your, you know, for your read rights. So that is uh, that's a nice piece. And it's, uh, you know, Always nice to say quite a big number. I think 65% sounds yeah. like 65% is good starting 1st of May. And yeah, well, you use those disks. It's, it's, it seems to if you have databases, this is the kind of disk you want to use. Uh, it really helps. Okay, so next one is about, but uh, it's Google, Google Cloud, and it's automate your budgeting with a billing budget APIs. When you create a project, when you update project, when you change things, you can also change budgets. And that's quite important because usually you'd forget the budget to update the budget, even if you have an increase in size, for example, or you've created new new elements or account, and you'll end up just having either no alarm when there should be one or too many alarms when they should not be. And so being able to automate that and include that into your workflow is something that is going to be really useful and is really in line with Google Cloud focusing on helping uh, developers really. Yeah, with all with all these budgets ones, we've always say it's about how how well you set it up, and you know there's that piece of programmatic work in the first place. Um, but they are trying to make it that it's not going to be a continuous process, right? That it's going to be you set it up and it you know starting to self learn and to to help you get not too many alerts because you do get that that white noise fear with these kind of services, don't you? Well, yes, and, and what I really like about the idea of having APIs for budget is that they can fit into your normal process. So if there is a new uh, PO that's coming through that, increase your that increases the budget available for a certain project, you can have it automatically ad updated and adapted. So it is really going to, it's going to, and I hope really that it is going to help bring closer those business processes with the, uh, cloud really and because that's a part which is still a working progress let's put it that way yes a big part that we're working with with organizations is helping kind of just start linking cloud into the wider business and into the standard business processes and that you don't have to break your business to use cloud you know and it's the cloud providers are making it easier and easier so i'm with you i think this one's a, a good one um right i believe i'm on to uh, the AWS has announced a price reduction for Amazon Managed Service Prometheus. So as of May the 4th, they have announced that there is a significant price reduction. And if you if you actually read it, it's done per uh, per samples, you know, per 10 million samples, Prometheus. For those of you that don't know what Prometheus is, it is a, uh, a system for monitoring uh, specifically containers it is something that's been being used for for quite some time we used it in my last organization um on on any of the given clouds to, to do the monitoring they built a managed service around it often known as amp amazon managed service prometheus and now they've reduced the um the cost of the ingestions uh, it gets significantly cheaper the more you use as well 
So the new pricing is that it's 90 cents per 10 million for the first 2 billion <laughs> samples, <laughs> then 0.35 dollars uh, per the per 10 million samples for the next 250 billion. And then if you go over 252 billion samples, it goes down to 0.16 dollars per 10 million. So, you know, very, it's getting cheap towards the bottom, but you've obviously got to pay. It's weird, like the other systems, uh, like your um, your support and things like that, where you actually have to do the maths of working out that the the first two billion are going to be at ninety, and you only start seeing the benefits after that. It doesn't retroactively cheapen the early ones; it builds on top. Um, so it's, but still, it's a it's a decent discount. Um, and it's up to 84%, they're saying. I think it's the top end that's had the bigger discount, uh, but I'd have to go away and check that for sure. I, I would. I, I have not done it, but I, I'd like to see how much you need to have spent already to get to 0.16 per 10 million samples, because 256 billion, even divided by 10 million, that's quite a number. Yeah, I will. I you know, I will... Uh, I'll see if I have time to get my calculator out while you're doing your next two. Uh, no promises, listeners. <laughs> I might just have to edit this bit out if I don't get time to do it. Um, but yes, I will see how much you've had to spend to um, to add that out. And that's my assumption that the big N under 10 is 10 million. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not 10 metres. So <laughs> no, it's uh, 10 million, Definitely yes. 10 million. But they, I'd yes. work it out. Okay. Well, that, that's a way to tell me that we are going to move to Amazon QuickSight, which launches threshold alerts. So I, I'm a big user of QuickSight. So the fact of having threshold alerts is extremely interesting because with QuickSight, which is a dashboard system, you can create and measure things the way you want. And it's very nice to look at things. It's very nice to know that yesterday your sales were like this or your AWS spend was like that or whatever data you're following but it is really interesting and we've got the request of hey can you set a threshold alert can you send me information when my when it reaches when my number my values reaches a certain level and it might be that we're growing fast we're not growing fast enough or there are something to, that's worth attention and so it is really interesting to have that integrated into the dashboard system. So you do not have, strangely, you do not have to rely on external AWS tooling. Uh, and it, it's just there. The little caveat is that it costs some money. So it is, uh, it costs for half a dollar for 1,000 metrics processed. So how often that threshold runs for how many instances is something that is worth testing. I will test it first. So for, uh, for example, in with Strategic Blue, we manage curve files, and they can easily be 10, 20, alpha billion really rows at one point or another. So um, we will have to check how much that's going to cost or what needs to be done to reduce the cost. But overall, extremely, extremely positive addition to QuickSight and really valuable for customers and also for whoever uh, requires to <laughs> jump in front of their computer at three in the morning because something strange happened. How are you doing with your calculator, Steve? I think you've got to spend $8,930 before you hit the top tier, okay. cheapest tier, um, if I have done my maths 
correctly. <laughs> and this is so, for the uh, monitoring piece. So it means yeah. that you have stuff As running that can generate that data. Yeah. <laughs> well, because 250 billion divided by 10 million in itself is is a significant number, right? Yeah. So that's that's um, that's where something comes out of. And then even if you're charging that by, you know, 35 cents, as it were, um, that's that's quite chunky. So yeah, that was. Um, Hang on, have I got my maths wrong? It's counting zeros when you're far away from a screen, I think is... Uh, I think I've got my maths wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm right. I'm right. I'm, I'm backing myself. It's nearly $9,000 to get to the cheapest tier. So, yeah. Like uh, uh, so tier. you probably need, if this is just monitoring, you need 100 times, oh, maybe not 100, but 20 times this value just to of, of usage on the side. Just to be able to do yeah, this. I mean, okay. I guess it depends how many um, how many metrics you're taking, yeah, across your containers. But I think you've got to <laughs> to make that worthwhile. You've got to have a big container estate, right? You've got to have a big uh, EKS estate. Yep, yep. Um, cool. There we go. Thank you, Frank. I am pretty happy I managed to do that. I like knowing things, as you know. Right, I've got a nice easy one to talk about now. Um, you can. This is actually a how-to guide, but I. I think quite often Google really smash out some really neat little kind of developers and practitioners how-to guides. Actually, also our main topic today is going to be talking about one that Amazon did. So they both do it, and and you know if you, they all three of them have them. But sometimes you get one that's just a bit of a gem. And I've always kind of looked at dev and test workloads, and I've always said to people that you know you want to switch them off over the weekend, and everyone kind of goes, yeah, but uh, that switches off the the EC2 whatever. But we we leave our um, RDS or, you know, keep our, you know, switch our VMs, but we keep our Cloud SQL or Azure SQL, whichever it might be. And then there's been the whole concept of being able to start stop VMs and therefore, you know, not losing the, the DB. And what they've done here is they've put together a really neat how-to guide, simple enough that I could understand it on how to lower your development costs by scheduling Cloud SQL instances to start stop. Uh, it's using Cloud Functions, PubSub, and Scheduler, and it will work for you know SQL Server, MySQL, or Postgres. And it's just a really neat one, step by step, setting you up from from scratch. And it's one of those bits that I think I don't want to say people have been lazy in doing this since the technology arrived to be able to start stop SQL. Um, on, on the various clouds, but I think a lot of people have, have kind of gone, well, I'm already switching off most of my VMs. I'll just leave that one on. And, you know, there's no excuse now. You, they've literally given you the scripts you can copy and paste um, in this in this how-to guide, and it's just another way of really reducing uh, that. I mean, I'd also say where possible, especially on, on Google, for your test workloads for, for your EC2, be using preemptible VMs as well. They're absolutely superb, and the discount's massive. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a great way of being able to further reduce those costs that other people in the business sometimes don't put as much value on as they, they should. You know, test and development is a very important part of our lives and people outside of IT don't see that. Uh, but here's another way of getting people off your back because you're even making it even more efficient. Oh, that's really good. Uh, so now we've got just a few headlines, things we don't have time to talk about. But here's some things we think you should go look up if you get some time. Uh, Frank, do you want to hit the first one? Oh, yes. So spot virtual machines available on Azure Databricks. 
So if you that's that's number one. So spot is as I just remind you, it's you get lots of discounts. There are VMs that can be taken off you quite fast, but at the same time, if you're trying things out uh, on Databricks, just just go with that. They're going to get fifty plus percent discounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing to notice on Azure, you only get thirty seconds before they take a spot. VM away, I learned when someone said, Steve, how quickly do they go? And I didn't know. Two minutes on AWS, 30 seconds on Azure, and preemptibles work differently that they run for a day on Google. Uh, yes. The next one is that you can now get uh, more out of Spanner with granular instance sizing. Uh, for those that don't know what Spanner is, Spanner is a persistent uh, database service that can be uh, used globally. It's absolutely incredible. Not that many companies have a use case for it, but if you do, it is a game-changing tool. We have some customers that use it, um, and it is one of the coolest technologies out there. It is one of those problems that initially only people like Google had, and then they started selling the service, and then people have been able to, to really use it. So if you need a, go, a globally persistent uh, database, it is great, and they have um, made it a bit cheaper because you can now have a more suitable sizes rather than t-shirt sizes yeah so spanner starts extremely expensive but there are some really interesting use cases at volume as you said that's really cool so the next one is azure maps so there is a new generation two pricing so if you are very much on if you use azure maps which i've not i have to say is you now have you have some some free aspects uh, you have some tiers uh, pay-as-you-go pricing based on volume there are other services like they are removed the restriction on query per second. So you can scale up and down quite easily. As I said, unfortunately, never use the API, but I, I think it's it's interesting. If you work with Map, have a look. Don't only think Google. Have a look at the Azure one. Uh, pricing is good. And as they are the incumbent, probably extremely price effective. Yeah. And if, if I recall correctly, AWS has started seeing some location stuff now. Yes. Correct. Cool. Uh, right. Uh, the next one I've got is a new digital course for S3 performance optimization. We've talked about it on here before. You hear a lot of people talking about it. You know, they made it very easy with automated tiering and things like that. But now they have a nice digital course so people can upskill themselves on S3 performance optimization, which therefore will also help with price performance and optimization. Oh, yes. And uh, the, the last one of the fast-tracked uh, topics is about SageMaker. So it's Amazon again, and it, it, there is an automatic model tuning, and it seems to be 10 times faster tuning and enable exploring up to 20 more models. So this models, is, yeah. yeah, 20 times more models. So this is about uh, training of artificial intelligence. This is really something that is getting there. The, the, lots of people do not really understand, but before being able to have answers from any system, you need to train that system. And training is not easily done. And so the fact that it goes faster and it can be partially automated is extremely important and useful. So I welcome every uh, new things on SageMaker there. And I should be playing more with it uh, than I am at the moment. I think we could do very fun things. It is that constant problem of more good ideas than time. Actually, I'm, for myself, I'm not going to say good ideas. I'm going to say more ideas than time. I can't. Yeah, we, many of them. We, 
that's why we have a team and we can bounce back things and usually you can come back as that's 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 not good frank is it okay fair <laughs> enough let's move on i have another back i have another 200 ideas cool right so i've just banged my uh, elbow so sorry if anyone got a horrible sound there um if it makes you feel better my elbow hurts um introducing aws application cost profiler which is offering a user-based cost data for shared aws resources now we have talked before frank this is going to be our main topic won't talk about it for yes. too long because i think people should go and, and read this article but there's always been this challenge around in fact these aren't even gray costs although some of them are, but when you have global services, how in a SaaS platform, how do you allocate those costs to users? Do you just have to swallow them and this kind of stuff? And we've done a lot of work with organizations, helping them work out how they can do that, making internal rules, being able to put it into the dashboards that we create. But there is now a solution for it. You know, AWS have listened. And um, yeah, we're pretty excited about this. It, it 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 has the possibility of really changing if it if it works as they are stating and I'm still uh, I'm really looking forward testing that and as usual it uses logs event lambda function I am templates cloud formation lots of stuff all mixed together but overall <clears throat> it's almost the holy grail of uh, FinOps yeah, because it it will help bring the cost on a per user basis so. If you are providing a solution as a software as a service solution and your number of users go up, it's normal that your cost goes up. But, uh, but it being able to quantify how much, based on the number of users, your cloud cost will go up is extremely powerful for forecast, for example. And we talked about forecast some uh, podcasts ago. The if I have a cost on a per user basis as of today, and I forecast that I'm going to double the amount of customers, I can immediately have a really good estimate of how much my cloud costs are going to be. And also, so yeah, sorry, I'm finishing. Was, uh, yeah. No, all I was going to say is I think what people will be surprised at is if you're sat there thinking, oh, this would be really useful for me. This has been something we've not been able to do. You know, we felt like we're you know, we're behind the curve because we haven't been able to do this. It is not unusual. There are so many organizations out there, ones that would surprise you who also have this challenge. It is not simple and it is so valuable to your ability to better plan strategy and just, you know, your finance team will be over the moon at being able yes. to better calculate uh, cost and it also helps you moving forward in better managing your pricing which is a very valuable thing because you have a better understanding of how much something is going to cost to deliver um and i yeah and i although it requires some setup i don't think it's going to break people's backs in the same way as, as sometimes doing this yourself manually was going to oh no the the other thing which i like coming from an operational perspective is that when you have the cost per user you can immediately evaluate <clears throat> the impact <clears throat> of uh, any initiative. If you are working and reducing something, for example, you are reducing the size of the, of the VMs because you've done an excellent job on the software side, then at that point, you might immediately see a reduction in the cost per user. And that's going to have a long impact that you can now demonstrate. So you can demonstrate that some operational initiatives 
have an impact, but you can also quantify that impact. It's much easier to get budget for future initiative when you can prove you've done the right thing in the past. Absolutely. And so this um, this guide that's available, um, the actual title is Introducing AWS Cost Profiler, Offering User-Based Cost Data of Shared AWS Resources, um, written by Ryan Patterson and Bowen Wang. Um, came out on 26th of May, if people want to go search it. Um, it actually gives you a, re you know, it's, you can launch stack from it. it. You know, you have to first create the report and these kind of things, and it's really got it all here. It's it's really helpfully done. It explains it step by step, um, and it, it will get you at least started. Now, you do need to know how you're going to hook it into your system, so a bit of pre-planning, but I, I do think they've taken at least, you know, the standard steps you don't have to think about. They're there. They're easy. And it has got some some nice, uh, some kind of JSON written and all these kind of bits pre-written. Like uh, you said, it goes into, um, goes into QuickSight using Athena really neatly as well, which is something that we do for a lot of people. Yeah, I think this could be a really valuable tool if it's doing what it says and also save us a load of time on us having done this with our own, uh, yes. <laughs> our own oh, uh, SQL and stuff previously from, from different reports. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Uh, so... I think that's all I've got to say today, Frank. Um, yeah, me too. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of their June. Have a great month then. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.